From Slickback Studios headquarters in Brooklyn, New York, Mike Coscarelli, Matt Lajeski, and Adam Foster are The Sports Group. All sports, all men, all right. Sponsored by Falstaff Beer, America's favorite beer for the drive home. And welcome back to the last place on earth where men can be men. You are now in the pulse pumping, heart racing, cock sucking sports group. <laughs> That's right. <laughs> I'm your host, Mike Coscarelli, joined in Chicago, as always, by the Polish nightmare himself, Matt Lajeski. Matt. What's going on, everybody? It's great to be here live in studio. I still have my Brooklyn shirt on because I will never, ever represent any other city other than New York. That's right. Live to tape, but same idea. <laughs> yeah. yeah, you guys get it. <laughs> and of course, joined, as always, by our second co-host in San Diego, California. It's Adam Foster. Psych! Ah, he's not here. Where? Let's tell the audience, where is he? Where is our elitist co-host? So Adam Foster uh, texted us yesterday, I believe. In the group. In the group. Yeah, the, the original sports group, which is just our group chat. <laughs> and he said, guys, I can't make the taping tomorrow. God knows. I have a friend in town. It was spur of the moment. And somehow he's in Hawaii now. Friend was in town in San Diego. And now he's texting us that he's in Hawaii. Is that right? Or do I do I have my facts? Uh, here, I believe the friend came to visit and they went to an omakase where one of those uh, sushi tastings where you eat the sushi off of a woman's back. That's what he texted us. And then uh, he was going to be I missed that, but that immediately awesome. getting into a limousine on his way to the airport to fly first class to Waikiki. He really is an elitist fuck, isn't he? He's such an elitist. And listen, that's why we have him here in the sports group. Yeah, I mean, he's a very necessary entity in the sports group because sports, it runs a gamut of all types of fans. There are blue collar fans like you and I. Who really need it. Who really need it. I mean, literally, we're the guys that go to the games. We're painting our faces. We're lifting our shirts up. We have six pack abs and the fireman eds, the yeah. salt of the earth. We go, everybody loves us. We're fighting fans from the other team. You know, we're those guys that you don't want to bring your kids around at the at the arena. Absolutely. That's us. You know? The guys we that are, you say what, what was it, section D? What gate D? Oh, gate what D was in the four hundred. Was it gate D? Yeah, exactly. Yeah. We're way the real up ones there. know what we're talking about. Yeah. I mean, you literally if if you bring your son to the game, you're gonna say, Wow. I should have brought my son to a rated R movie instead of around these guys at the baseball game. I should have just let my son keep watching porn on his phone. That's right. That would have been less damaging to his psyche than what he's seen here at gate D. And then you have Adam. Then you have Adam who's in the luxury suites. Skybox Adam. That's what he saved in my phone as. 
we do miss him. Obviously, it's hilarious that it's episode two and he's already missing episodes of the show. But what are you going to do? Yeah. Um, but we said, listen, we'll do the show without him because um, we're going to carry on. Yeah, we're going to carry on. There's so much to talk about. The sports I mean, never but, stop, right? Sports never stop. And being a fucking man never stops. Does it matter? Absolutely. <laughs> never. Get, I just, mean, not, in my, not in my world. If you're in New York. Um, which I am and Matt, I am, you know, in spirit. I'm sure you miss it. Yeah. You're there in spirit. Mm-hmm. Uh, if you pop on any talk radio show here in New York, or you pick up, you know, the back page of the New York post or any sports section here, uh, about a month ago, the city was on fire. Everybody was excited. Baseball season was starting. You had the Yankees and the Mets last year, both having just great seasons. I know Yankees fans, view uh, an exit in the ALCS as a failure because it's not a championship, but absolutely, you know, judge breaks the home run record. Thank you, George. That's right. A mentality that's been driving you guys absolutely insane for, for over a decade now, since there hasn't been a championship years. That's right. So, uh, the city was, and then you had the Rangers, you had the devils, you had the Islanders, uh, and the Knicks all going to the, and the Nets. I forgot about the Nets because nobody Ever, cares about the Nets. As did everyone else. Yes, ladies and gentlemen, that is right. The Brooklyn Nets were in the playoffs for the second right. year in a row. For a couple minutes, and they got bounced immediately. That feels, feels a like six coffee. months ago. Um, but New York, the feeling here was was really great. There was a buzz in the air, especially for sports fans. People walking around with hats and jerseys and and all that stuff. And that's not even necessarily something that you get to see a lot of in the city because there's a lot of transplants here. So people are are you know you see, see people walking around in like you see LA hats or Chicago versus everybody shirts and exactly. shit like that. So it was really nice because it was the first time since '94 where all these teams were in the playoffs. Um, and in the last week or so, things have gotten a little sticky here in New York. Deflated uh, is the word. Deflated. The Nets have been out of the playoffs for months, it seems like now. The Rangers get bounced. You, you know, obviously a tri-state team was going to win in the Rangers Devils series. There was no choice there. But the Rangers, the expectations for the Rangers were very high because they made a lot of big deadline moves uh, to get better and to try to make a run at the Stanley Cup. And they get bounced in the first round. Now Gerard Gallant is fired, the head coach. Um, and you have the Knicks on the verge of being knocked out by the eight seed who... Looked terrible in the playoff game, uh, play in game. The Heat did not look good, uh, and they lost to the to the Hawks in that first playoff game. Eventually, getting into the eight seed and and beating the Bucks, and now essentially probably beating the Knicks. They're up three one in that series. And now is a good time Yankees. to uh, introduce our sponsor, right, Mike? Yeah. Do you want to do it, Matt? Yeah. So this segment is brought to you by BetterHelp.com. <laughs> BetterHelp is an online service that apparently there's now a waiting list to get on because of what we've just been talking about here in the New York sports economy. It's dire. Oof. Yeah. BetterHelp. So don't do it. <laughs> not yet. The Knicks are not officially out yet. Okay. Not officially out yet. But all right. The Mets and the Yankees both are also just not playing very well. Neither team. I mean, they're mm. both, they both got bit by the injury bug. Um, I'm watching the Mets right now. They are down I think seven. They got to eaten six. alive by the injury bug, not just bit. Yeah. Well, who, who do you think has Dick it worse? Swallowed. I think. Uh, I think. I mean, the Mets have not had Verlander until about a week ago, and he pitched yeah. fine in his first. The Mets uh, pitching game staff back. 
it, yeah, it's basically the Mets, Mets pitching staff and the Yankees, you know, power hitting core. It's like kind of, right. you, you know, one or the other. Uh, yeah. They're both equally devastated, I would say. I don't know that either team is worse as far as the injuries are concerned. Uh, what do you think, Mike? It's hard to say, man. I mean, I think expectation has a lot to do with it. Um, yeah. As a Yankees fan going into this season, did you think that they were going to make a, a run at the World Series based off of the roster that you have they had on opening that. day? I mean, you know, the I don't know that the Astros are necessarily better this year yeah. than they were last year. Um, I don't think anybody really thought the Rays were going to look like this this early on. Well, the Rays. I mean, I think everybody always believes that the Rays are sort of in it. But this yeah. year, getting off to that hot start, I mean, I don't they're getting off to a historic. start the way the Yankees did last. Year. You know what I mean? Like, I mean, the Yankees yeah. were maybe not as historic, but there was a point last season they were on pace to win like what a hundred and sixteen games. I mean, you know, they're not actually going to do that. Yeah, but they were crushing, and the 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 roster didn't necessarily get worse. So yeah, I mean, to see them. But this is the thing. So this is the thing, Matt, and this is how I felt about the Mets also going into the season. As we, you know, obviously wrangle up our our local sports here. Uh, I don't. I didn't look at the Mets roster this year in the off season thinking that they got any better. Um, now, I mean, granted, last year they won 101 games and they were in it till the very end. They made the playoffs, but they they had the the lead in the division for most of the season until the last week and a half or so when they just crumbled to the Braves. They had that big loss in Oakland too against uh, when DeGrom kind of collapsed. But in the offseason, they lose DeGrom, which felt big, even though he's hurt again down in Texas. Yeah. Uh, and they made the Verlander signing, which I didn't feel... I mean, I was happy about it, but I didn't feel great. He's 40 years old, you know? Like, the one thing about having a, an owner like Steve Cohen or, or Steinbrenner back in the day is that you don't really feel bad about them spending their money. So you don't oh, feel bad that, yeah. you know, that like the, the contract could be good or bad or whatever. Cause you feel like Cohen will just eat it if he has to. But I mean, my God, man, they are off to such a miserable start. Scherzer looks washed. He looks finished. Uh, he's, yeah, pitched he's really bad yeah. this year. And yeah, how old is he? He's what? 38. He's 39. 39. Yeah. I mean, you're talking about two guys that anchor the rotation that are, that are, 40 or about 40. Um, and I don't really know that you can, I mean, Scherzer, I don't think he gets hurt too often, but that's not even really what it's about at this. At some point, man, it's like, I don't know if this is the Tom Brady effect, but it's about um, going off a cliff at a certain point. Yeah, dude. Like there's this theory now that because sports medicine's gotten better and, and somebody like Tom Brady or Aaron Rodgers or whatever has, uh, prolonged their careers and they're playing into, you know, uh, past an expiration date that that was very common for athletes like in the mid 30s that that's going to be the new way that things are done i don't think that's going to be the case man. especially yeah, a starting I, pitcher yeah there's going to always going to be anomalies but the fact of the matter is if you are at the age where you need to take blue chew you're probably <laughs> not an elite athlete anymore. <laughs> right you know like it's very rare like yeah because, yeah, okay, Verlander, great, all-time, 40 years old. Scherzer, great, yes. all-time, 39 years old. If they can still do it at a high level at that age, that doesn't take away from the fact that they're throwing against guys who are 22 years old, hard, yeah. all the time. They got yep. two bats, basically, yep. at the plate. And, and they can swing either of them. 
Yeah, right? And knock it out of the park. So it's like, you know, age being a factor, it's almost more like the old guys are still good, but they're playing against young killers. And that's in every sport. And I think it's probably makes the biggest difference in uh, maybe baseball. Maybe I don't know what sport it makes the biggest difference in, but I think it's baseball because of the young man's game. Yeah. I think the length of the season in baseball makes it difficult because it's like, like, yeah, the, the Mets got off to this kind of rocky start because you had Verlander sitting on the bench for most of the first month for the first month. He came back last week. He missed all of April, you know? And when he, when he originally got hurt, he was like, well, if this was the postseason or something, I could push through it. But like, why push through it now? And it's like, why it's push like, through it now? Because you got to get to the postseason. Right. Because like yeah. the Braves don't lose and you're, you're fucking like, you, you guys are way b- take the, you cannot take the Kawhi Leonard approach. It doesn't work. Yeah. Right. And so this is the thing when you're 40, what do you really expect from some guy? You just kind of expect like, yeah, all right. He's, he's 40. He's probably going to be hurt a good amount. Um, and I do think that this was, it was a bad signing. It's Justin Verlander. I'm sure he'll be pretty good, but it's like, you know, at this point, I don't know what the, mission statement for the Mets is because it, it it feels like it's going to be like get into the playoffs at any cause. Uh, and it felt like when the season started, it was like World Series or bust. And it's just like the Braves are obviously better than they are. They're losing to teams right now that are that are horrible. You know, yeah, they swept we the were, A's, before we went but, on air, the uh, they were down again to the Reds. You said they're right? losing right now to the Reds. They're they're going to end up losing. Alexis Diaz is in. He's going to close the door on the the Mets. I'm sure. Uh, so you're losing to the Reds. You just lost two to the Rockies. Then before that, you lost. You got swept by the Tigers. I mean, what the hell's going on? You're going to have to play the Braves and the Phillies and and some of these better teams at some point. And and like you're going to get if you get crushed, dude. Like if you can't beat these teams now, these are this is the part of the season where you're supposed to win. So when it gets to those those hard games, like last season, they were talking about how hard the the Mets' final stretch was because they had to play. You know, they had uh, two series against the Braves, and then they had to go in and, and play this team and that team. Like you want to have a, a nice cushion going into these games, at least be competitive against the Braves. I think they're seven and a half games out of first place right now. I mean, that is very bad. Uh, yeah, for, and it, uh, it's ugly. Only May. Yeah. Yeah. The body language is bad, dude. And I don't know, you know, I don't know how much of the Yankees you're watching in Chicago, but I don't know if you're seeing the same thing, but like body language doctor for the Mets looks very bad in my opinion. Yeah. There was that, uh, it was, it was like the talk of, uh, sports radio when, uh, Cole just was like, oh, what was that? Like last week? Yeah. When it, when, um, Hicks missed the fly ball. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, dude. I don't know. So I don't what you said. The what are the betting percentages now? The betting odds for the Mets and the Yankees making the playoffs? Yeah. So uh, honestly, I don't agree with this at all. Um, it is right now. They say the Mets have a sixty percent chance to make the playoffs, and they are minus two fifty to make the playoffs. Six. So I don't even understand. How that percentage yeah. correlates to being that much of a favorite. And then the Yankees are a 66% chance to make the playoffs, which makes them apparently a minus 215 favorite. So Mets have a slightly above coin flip chance to make the playoffs, apparently, but they're a minus 250 favorite. Which sounds crazy. And then crazy. the Yankees are a two, at two out of three uh, percent chance. At a minus two fifteen, I don't agree with those percentages 
or those odds. I don't really get it either, man. Like I, cause I don't know. I don't, I don't see how the Mets turn it around. Um, I think they'll be like a mediocre team this year. They didn't, they didn't get any better from last year. They didn't, yeah. you know, they didn't address any of the needs that they had. They just kind of replaced DeGrom. They swapped out one old pitcher who was injured right. constantly for, for another older pitcher who is beginning to get injured. Right. So I don't and know. Yankees, and I, same old shit. Stanton isn't playing. Now Judge is back to being hurt. Um, right. Donaldson, right? Know. Still hurt. Rodon is, uh, you know. Chronic back problem for Rodon. Yeah. That's not what you want to hear when you give that like guy a big ben contract. Simmons. Yep. <laughs> the old Ben Simmons effect. Yeah. You know? The injury that can't be named, that uh, doctors yeah. can't quite pinpoint what's happening. <laughs> what's wrong with Ben? He just feels bad. Yeah. And he doesn't want to play. He's still upset um, about, uh, you know, whatever Jenner he was dating dumped him five years ago yeah. or whatever that is. God, I hate that guy. I, yeah. I hate, There are very few athletes that I, I will come out right and say I hate. But Ben Simmons is a very hateable athlete. That's a few bookmark that future segment. Most hateable athletes, not athletes we actually hate. Yes. But most, most hateable. hateable. Yeah. Is Aaron Rodgers on that list? I mean, he was also part of this this New York excitement uh, getting traded. To yeah, the Jets. that's that's the other thing, right? The two most exciting things about New York sports right now is, uh, you know, a guy who may be washed up and is taking too many hallucinogens and Aaron Rodgers mm. and uh, a fat coach, Brian Dayball. Yeah. Um, and I, as we know right now, fat coaches are, are in, right, Matt? They're in vogue, baby. They're in vogue. We're back to the fat guy era after uh, Andy Reid wins his second Super Bowl last year. Um, Brian Dayball seems to be coming into his own. Um, I'm sure there are some other fat coaches uh, on the rise, but mainly those two right now. You know, we there's a the fat coach era, Bill Parcells, Bill Belichick, you know, fat, ugly guys who they need football, right? Right. And then we entered this weird era where it was like Sean McVay looking like a movie star winning yeah. a Super Bowl. That's not how it's supposed to be. So thank yeah, God for Brian Dayball bringing coaching. We- make coaching fat again. Uh, <laughs> on the on the fly, can we think of a top five greatest fat coaches of all time in the NFL? Belichick is one. Gotta be. Um, then we have Parcells. Then we have Andy. Andy Reid's got to be in there, yeah. Um, would you put Holmgren? Mike Holmgren? Yeah, I was yeah, thinking I Holmgren. Mean, he's only got one Super Bowl, right? Yeah, but his coaching tree is pretty significant, right? If we were to bring up his coaching tree, mm-hmm. um, yeah, yeah. I mean, him and Andy Reid for a long time, you couldn't even tell them apart, right? <laughs> you talk about two guys that love a Polish sausage. In, in the quarterback room, you know? <laughs> so, yeah, how about that? It's not a top five, but it's a Mount Rushmore of fat Mount coaches. Rushmore of fat coaches. <laughs> and we've got Belichick, yep. Parcells, yep. Reed, Reed, and Holmgren. Is and, there anyone uh, that we're disrespecting that you can't that you can think of? Well, we've already disrespected those four. Uh, by well. <laughs> but uh, I can't think of anybody else off the top of my head, a fat, ugly coach who uh, is on Sean Payton wasn't quite fat enough. Nah. And Sean, you know, he's, he's not an ugly guy. 
in the no, he's, he's not, not. Uh, in, in, he's not ugly in the face, you know. Yeah. Um. So yeah, we'll we'll leave it there, and let's here's to hoping that Brian Dayball uh, over the next five to ten years becomes uh, an honorable mention. Can make it onto yeah, maybe we'll expand that Mount Rushmore to five. Yeah. Um. All right, so before we we're gonna take a break in a second, and when we come back, we are gonna talk about uh, the NFL schedule coming out because you can't not talk about football anytime there's a chance to talk about football. That's just the way the rules work, guys. But before we do, we're gonna close out this New York segment by talking about the disgusting performance by the New York Knicks so far in the second round Ooh. of the playoffs. Um, this is a hyped up series. Obviously, the Knicks and the Heat always play very intense. Uh, uh, bloodbath series other than when LeBron was on the heat and they just slaughtered the Knicks. But I mean, going back to the Alonzo Mourning era and the the Patrick Ewing and the Allen Houston and Latrell Sprewell, that era of Knicks basketball was like highly physical um, teams that really did not like each other, which is the way we love sports, obviously. Absolutely. Um, and this series just doesn't have it, man. It just doesn't seem like the Knicks... I don't know what it is. I mean, if you would have told me before the season started that the Knicks made it into the second round of the playoffs uh, and made a nice competitive run, I would have probably thought that you were going to be wrong. I didn't. I didn't. I thought they were maybe going to be a play-in team, and that was going to be as good as they they were. But they made it into the second round. Overall, the year is a victory, but they're about to get bounced by Miami, and they just look bad, man. Uh, I don't know if you've been watching these games, Matt, but. They look flat when they go out there. You know, they're getting out hustled by the heat. I mean, Jimmy Butler is killing them. Last night, Bam out of bios killing them. You know, Mitchell Robinson, who was a, a beast in the first round against Cleveland, was getting all these these offensive rebounds and making their big guys look bad. Now looks like shit against Bam out of bio and Cody Zeller. Uh and it just seems like the the Heat have this caval- cavalry of shooters. Uh, between Kevin Love and Gabe Vincent and all these guys that just don't seem to miss when they're shooting against the Knicks. Um, and I don't know. I mean, as a Knicks fan, you want to at least see them... Final score, by the way, in this Mets game, 7-6. Mets lose to the Reds. Things are getting worse. <laughs> it's, mm. it's a free fall. Um, it, I mean, the thing that you wanted to see from this Knicks team, if you were a Knicks fan, was that they were going to go out there and... If they're going to lose, they're not going to lose by playing like a bunch of pussies. Um, and in this Heat series, they have just looked out tough. And I know that's like a very common, like first takey kind of analysis of what's going on. But listen, man, you can't win a basketball game against the Heat if you're not running back on defense and you're not getting offensive rebounds or defensive yeah, I mean, rebounds for the, that matter. Listen, the NBA is less physical maybe than it was back in the 80s, 90s, obviously. But I mean, you watch these games... These guys, like, there's still a level of physicality to the NBA that can't be understated, the importance of it. You know what I mean? You look at championship teams, there's a reason why the Warriors have done what they've done over the past decade, and it's not all shooting. Draymond beats people up. Right. You know what I mean? Like, the Warriors are a low-key, tough team. And, uh, yeah, the Knicks just don't seem to be, have that playoff medal right now. Yeah, I mean, obviously, a lot of that comes with experience, but realistically, man, it's like Julius Randle. I'm kind of tired of this guy. I mean, uh, I, I you got to appreciate how good he was in the, in the regular season when Brunson was there to handle the ball, but now he just he he's another you know talk again about bad body language, dude. It's like 
you've played in pickup games, I'm sure, where there's just like some guy who's like not hitting his shots, but thinks he's the best player on the court, but definitely isn't playing like it and yeah. is becoming sort of like inconsolable in a way that you just can't, you don't want to be around him on the court, you know? And that's the vibe that I see from the guys on the Knicks when he's playing the way that he's playing in those last couple of games, which is just like, you know, he can't really get into a shooting rhythm. And he, you know, when he's not getting into a shooting rhythm, he stops running back on defense. He stops doing all the things that like win you basketball games, you know? Yeah. I mean, that's the sort of thing that's inexcusable. And that's why Stephen A is also done with Julius yeah. Randle, Mike. After game four, Stephen A is done with him. <laughs> How about we play it? I'm so disgusted with um, R.J. Barrett, little less than Julius Randle. I'm not disgusted with anybody more than I'm disgusted with Julius Randle. Um, <laughs> I'm, I'm on the verge of asking for him to be traded. I'm just disgusted. Um, I think that this series <laughs> The is GM, over. Stephen I A. I think that the New York Knicks, orange and blue skies, it was a nice run. I'm very proud of Jalen Brunson and the kind of impact that he's had on the New York Knicks. Um, as much as I respect and, and adore Tom Thibodeau and the coach that he is. I'm looking at the personnel that he didn't use and the people that he trusted and he relied upon and how they haven't come through for him. Would have been nice to see him throw a twist in the mix, even throwing some of the bodies we haven't seen throughout the regular season into it, a la uh, Evan Fournier or a Derrick Rose, even give somebody some help because with what Julius Randle has been doing, I mean, you might as well try anything. I'm on the verge <laughs> of coming on national television and asking for the man to be traded. I'm so disgusted. Just the, the, the regular season is one thing, but the postseason don't get me started with what he does in the postseason. I'll get into all of that on first take, but um, my heart's hurt, and I'll admit it. Um, I'm emotional when it comes to the New York Knicks, not objective when it comes to them at all. I will openly concede that to the public at large, but I am utterly disgusted. I vomited last night watching them. I have to admit that. I literally vomited. I threw up uh, because they were that damn awful. I mean, they put construction workers to shame. They can't shoot. Um, they, you got a star in Julius Randle that gets petulant and petty when he's not shooting the ball well. Mm. So he does everything else wrong. Um, I, I, I'll get into it more as I gather my composure and what have you. But I consider the Knicks season a wash. It's over. Um, I was planning on finally going to the Garden for the first time this Wednesday. I'm not showing up. Just the, the, the <laughs> boycott. Boycott message from Stephen A. I mean, I mean, how can you can't possibly go to the garden to watch the team if you're going to throw up? You know, yeah, you, I know. You can't right. be sitting courtside and throwing <laughs> up when Julius Randle starts behaving in a petty and petulant. Yeah, I mean, what a wordsmith. He was petty and petulant. That's why he's the best in the business. I vomited. That's why he's what is he twenty million a year or some crazy number like that? He makes a lot of money. Listen, yeah, he good makes for a lot him. Of money. <laughs> I don't always agree with his takes because I think a lot of them are you know kind of Bayless like. But yeah. hey, at the end of the day, the man's a great entertainer. Yeah, and he's had all he can take. He vomited. I mean, what else can you do? And I, I mean, well said, right? Did, did, did or was he off base on anything? I don't think so. As a Knicks no. fan, seemed right to me. Yeah. Saw what I saw when I was watching these games. So uh, good on Stephen A. Uh, any last thoughts, Matt, before we take a break? Uh, nope. As I said here, uh, I have my New York sports list. Nets, nightmare. Knicks, done. Yep. Rangers, disaster. Mm-hmm. Uh, neither the Mets nor Yankees should be favored. Yeah. Jets, Aaron Rodgers, Giants, Brian Dayball. That's Fat about coach. all we have. Yeah. All right. Well, on that note, we're going to take a quick break. On the other side, we're going to come back 
And we're going to talk about the NFL schedule getting released today. Stay tuned. All right, we're back on Sports Group. So the NFL schedule has sort of come out today. We need to amend what we've just said. The actual hard schedule is going to come out uh, on Thursday. You're going to hear this Wednesday. So it'll come out Thursday at 8 p.m. Uh, and I'm sure ESPN will fucking produce a whole entire. I'll be live streaming yeah. <laughs> uh, on my discord. You guys can catch me. I will be uh, in the dark um, focused zoned in. Yeah. Mina Kimes. What do you think about Green Bay playing <laughs> Minnesota week 18? <laughs> uh, but right now we we do have the thing that we do have. Matt's got a list in front of him that I haven't seen because I didn't even know that it got out, uh, you know, this detailed. But I'm looking at the generic strength of schedule that's projected for 2023 which uh, they really just put out so that people can include the nfl in whatever show they're doing a la us right now exactly group. exactly right strength exactly of schedule right. i mean how many teams are going to be that what they were last year i mean it's really just bullshit yeah i mean obviously that's going to change every year and it's just like i, I think that the the strength of schedule idea in general seems to always change. Like, I mean, last year you look at a team like the jets who ended up being pretty good other than the, the couple of weeks that they lost when Zach Wilson had to play uh, and they were depending <laughs> on a quarterback to, to, to win them the game. But I mean, if you would have had the jets on your, as part of your strength of schedule early on, you wouldn't, it wouldn't have been very difficult. Right. Um, so I guess it's not really a factor uh, the way that the computer seems to think it does. And, it's weird that it gets released as sort of its own news story, but right now the Philadelphia Eagles uh, have the number one hardest strength of schedule. The Miami Dolphins are behind them. The Giants are behind them. The Pats behind them, and then the Cowboys behind them. So uh, that's your top five. Uh, I think it's uh, it's it's going to be a big deal for the Eagles this year because it feels like last year, you know, a lot of the conversation was that the Eagles kind of had a soft schedule. You know, like mm, yeah. going towards the end of the season, people were saying, like, who have these guys played? Does anybody trust that they're as good as they seem? Um, and then and they then, made it to the Super Bowl and only lost by three. Yeah, and they look pretty good. So, yeah, I would say, uh, you know, strength of schedule, take it with a grain of salt. Um, we know who the best teams are. We know who the worst teams are. There's just going to be those surprises in the middle. What teams are going to take a leap? What teams are going to take a big step back, you know? Yeah. Well, I mean, again, it's like the, you know, you have the Giants in there too. I think the Giants were talking about, uh, people were talking about the Giants last year not having a great schedule also. Um, Daniel Jones just got this big contract. So how is he going to play against the third hardest schedule in the NFL la- this year? That'll be a storyline, I'm sure. I would say average at best. That's my prediction. Yeah. Any we'll Daniel see. Jones bet, I think, uh, you know, is going to be right around whatever he's projected to do, whether it's yeah. touchdown passes, uh, passing yards, whatever it may be. He's going to be pretty average. How do you think Adam feels about this Eagle schedule? Uh, probably if he's thinking about it right now, he's it's probably a fleeting thought because he is in a hot tub somewhere looking at crystal clear beaches while mm. he's drinking a frozen pina colada. So I think it's probably a fleeting thought. When he comes back to Earth, he'll probably think, oh, they'll be all right. 
Out of the three of us, who do you think has had the strongest strength of schedule in their lives working against um, them? The strongest strength of schedule in terms of overcoming life obstacles? Yeah. It can't uh, be Adam. I don't know. I mean, I've definitely... Adam's got the number 32 <laughs> strength of schedule between the three of us. <laughs> yeah, I mean, listen, there, there's that sort of game people play, right? Where it's like, it's a very New York game where it's like bragging in reverse, right? Where it's like, yeah. my my apartment's on the fifth floor and I'm four blocks from the train and I, my AC just broke. Well, I live six blocks from the train and I'm on the third floor, but I got bed bugs and my <laughs> AC electrocuted me. So yeah, it's like, right. I don't know. My life has uh, not been easy, but listen, I've never really contemplated doing it. So, I'm oh, right. right. I, I've been there. <laughs> I have. <laughs> so what I'm saying, kids, what Mike is saying, it gets better. Okay. Yeah. Just keep your head down and keep rooting for your team. No matter their strength of schedule, life yeah. gets better. Yeah. And use a condom. Oh, absolutely. Because yeah. listen, you might not be able to get an abortion in your state at this time next year, depending where you live. So should we get into a couple of the key games? I think so. Why not? So we got a Super Bowl rematch to start us off on uh, on the Thursday night game, Chiefs versus Eagles. I'm sure many podcasts are already analyzing how to bet this game, which is, mm. you know, not what we're here to do. Mm-hmm. We only give out bad bets at the end. But Matt, um, if you had to think about how to bet this game, <laughs> what, how would you? What would you do? What would you? What would you bet on? I mean, I would imagine you know the total is going to be pretty high, so I would potentially be going under uh, on the total. But I haven't even looked at it. I okay, mean, you know, yeah. The Chiefs, I don't think either one of these teams are necessarily better than they were last year. Um, the Eagles. They did have a good draft. Um, they did loot. They and they signed. Uh, they got the running back from the Lions, right? Yes. Um, but they did lose Sanders. I forget. I can't think of his name. Uh, Swift, DeAndre Swift. Mm. So I mean, I think you know they're probably. What was the final score of the Super Bowl? Uh, off the top of my head, I can't remember, but it was high scoring. It was like thirty-four, thirty-four, or something. Yeah. Uh, so yeah, the final score, the Super Bowl, yeah, thirty-eight, thirty-five. So I don't know. Yeah, this this could be poised to be a high-scoring game. I said thirty-four, um, thirty-four. That's a tie. That's true, and we can't we can't have a tie in the Super Bowl. <laughs> no. Nope. So one game, uh, there will never be a tie in. Um. Yeah, I mean that's crazy. That's how do they not get rid of ties in the NFL? By the way, right? That's I don't know crazy. why ties exist in any sport. Yeah, I mean, well, I can understand in like stupid sports like soccer, you know, right? Like real American sports that don't matter. Yeah, yeah, there can't be. Come on, that's crazy. Shout out to my barber, man. We had (laughs) I had a conversation with him once. First off, great haircut as always, but I had a conversation with him once. Yeah, about soccer and how stupid it was and why ties are important, Um, and it made no sense. He his, was trying to he's sell a great you guy. on the idea that ties are important. Well, he was just and trying to sell me on soccer. After that, <laughs> he's Italian. What do you? What am I going to say? Uh, come on, Italians. Actual Italians like soccer. I mean, yeah, like Italian Italians, like Furio yeah. Italians. Yes, yeah, they they like soccer. Yeah. So I mean, I can't hold it too much against them. It is the sport, the country sport of my country. But uh, I think it's fucking dumb, and I think that part of it is that. 
there's a relegation system in soccer, so there's points. So I guess for that, it sort of makes some sense. And maybe in America with the, the, the tanking fiasco that we have in, in at least basketball and I guess kind of baseball too, maybe that would be interesting to finally see some relegation. But I mean, oh, yeah. As we've the idea of a before, tie. I would, I would love to see teams get relegated, you know. Ugh. Texans I mean, go to the XFL. Yeah, shit like that. yeah. That would be, be nice. great. And I mean, honestly, man, you should not. Uh, be able to have like a, a world cup or something like that and have ties. I, what a waste of everybody's time. Yeah. That seems crazy to me. The most important tournament in the whole world. It's a, once every four years and a team winds up tying. That's insane. Uh, I mean, dude, when, when America played England during the world cup this year and they had that whole argument about how like, well, in, like America kind of upset England in this tie. I was like, nobody upset anybody. Both teams fucking did nothing. Yeah, the was, only people uh, upset were the fucking fans. <laughs> yeah, the people watching the game. I was upset that I wasted an hour and a half watching that stupid shit when I had other yeah. things to do. And I'll, I do this every time with the World Cup, dude. I know we're like months removed from the World Cup, but I always do this. I get sort of sucked in. I say, I'm going to watch the games, the American games. I'm going to try to like be a good patriot and and watch these these games. And they always bore the shit out of me. And America always is is bad. I guess I don't know. I watch the games. I have no, I don't know what's good and what's bad. Who the hell knows? Yeah, I've, what's going on out there? I don't even really know how to analyze soccer. Yeah, like I'll be watching a game and like somebody could say like, "Oh, this strategy is really working," and I'm like, "All I've seen is people running around and the ball get kicked way high up. Yeah, people fall down. Yeah, I have no idea how to analyze soccer. I think it's the most low skill sport of anything. I think it's uh, you know, it's terrible." I feel like I, I could go into a Steven Crowder, like, uh, change my mind moment here <laughs> about soccer. Oh, let's let's finish this segment up. What are some of these other games on the uh, on the docket that we have? So that, the you know, first game, Super Bowl rematch. That's that's a monster first game. Yeah. On Thursday. The, yeah. The Sunday night football opener. Jets versus Patriots. Oh, it's the, I mean, the Patriots. I feel like the Patriots are almost like. Them being called the Patriots is very emblematic because it's like America's on the decline. The Patriots are on the decline, you know? Yeah. It's it's a lot of past glory. I think Jets, you know, probably win that game. Uh, It'll be a big test for Aaron Rodgers. Does he care? Is he dialed in, you know? Yeah, we'll see. I mean, you can never really count the Patriots out. Uh, They have the fourth strongest schedule, according to whatever fucking computer did this shit. Um, but my Madden uh, we'll simulation. Yeah, the Madden simulation. I I would I would never count the Patriots out. I've seen too much Belichick, and as a Jets fan, I mean, how, how much heartbreak do you have to to endure before you just stop assuming that they're going to have a bad season? They're gonna they're gonna be like eight and eight and make it into the playoffs somehow. Well, or or nine and eight because nine and seventeen eight. games. That's right. I'm sorry. Um, uh, then we got the Bengals, Bills, Niners, Cowboys Monday Night Football opener. Okay. Um, you know, Bills, Bills on the decline there. Um, Cowboys, I think, are also on the decline. I'd pick the Bengals and the Niners. The Niners could have McCaffrey playing quarterback. It doesn't matter. The team is so stacked. Mm-hmm. And uh, I know you're a Shanahan denier. I'm a yeah. Shanahan truther. Yeah. Um, so I think, uh, you know, I, I think the Niners are going to be there. Thanksgiving triple header. 
Ravens-Steelers, love a good uh, rivalry game. Steelers, never bad, never a losing season under Tomlin, right? Never. Uh, Lions-Packers, this could be the first time on Thanksgiving that the Lions really show off in shit since the Barry Sanders days or since the Calvin Johnson days. I don't know. And then we I'd say Barry Sanders days. I don't remember them. I mean, they had one or two. They had a couple good seasons, seasons with Calvin yeah. Johnson, but that wasn't like, uh, you know, they weren't the glory days, really. Right. That was like the and, Knicks with Mello. It's like they, <laughs> I guess they had a couple runs, but they weren't great, you know? Yeah, that's a good comp. Yeah, like, uh, you know, kind of just wasted talent. You know what I yeah. mean? Like, they're, good, they're not great. Two all-time greats have played their whole career with the Lions. That's wild. Mm -hmm. So not only are you playing for a bad team your whole career, but you're also living in Detroit. It's like a double. Yeah, that's like a double whammy of like, what are you thinking, dude? Can't do it. And then we got Cowboys Jets also on Thanksgiving. That's interesting. That is interesting. Cowboys Jets. Hmm. I mean, the Jets are due to... Just be completely overhyped. Uh, let's be honest here. There, I don't. Jet, Matt, you're not in New York. You're not hearing the Jets talk on the radios on and on the radio oh, stations. I don't, don't you better believe newspapers. I'm still listening to New York radio on my phone every damn day. My God, I mean, I, I was a Jets fan. I think the Jets will be good, and I think Rodgers will be motivated to be really good. I got to be honest. You know, are they going to win 13 games? No, I don't know. 13 is I way too much. 13 is way too much. But I mean, I, I would imagine they could v- very likely make the playoffs. They're right now yeah, minus, yeah. minus 150 to make the playoffs. So, I mean, that's the, that's got to be the biggest favorite um, of the Jets to make the playoffs since Rex Ryan, since Rex Ryan's, uh, what, second year with Sanchez? Yeah. But this is what happens, it. man. Yeah. Like they when when the New York teams get good, they get the national attention. And it, it goes yep. to show you how seriously the rest of the country is taking a, a New York team when the Jets are I think I thought I saw today that the Jets have an opportunity with the flex schedule to play like six primetime games this year. Which I, I can't remember the last time I watched the I mean if you don't count Thursday night, everybody plays a Thursday night game, but like the last primetime game I can really remember for the Jets was when Sam Darnold got his ass kicked by the Pats. Yeah. Seeing ghosts. I mean, yeah. that's not what you want. <laughs> that's not the memory that I want. Um, so I don't know, man. Like they're, they're just, this is a, they're, they're being teed up perfectly to just like get crushed on Thanksgiving. I, it's not like the Cowboys are, are going to be time great. Last played on Thanksgiving, like, wasn't it the butt fumble? Yes. I think that was a Thanksgiving I think it was. game. Right, I think it was. Yeah. So I mean, I don't know, man. I I don't know how I feel about this. I mean, I think the Giants will be the exact same team that they were last year. So I think they're getting like the proper amount of respect. But because of Rodgers, there is just yeah, it was Thanksgiving, by the way, uh, twenty fifteen, I think. Yeah, I remember. No, twenty twelve. I was watching that game. I was in Asbury Park, New Jersey. Laughing my ass off, not even really understanding what I just saw. <laughs> so it's like being a Jets fan, dude. Yeah. And then we got, all right, so those are, uh, then we got the Black Friday game. First, first ever Black Friday game. Uh, you have to line up outside of Best Buy at 530 in the morning to watch this game, apparently. Um, it is the Eagles versus the Giants. Um, so we got back to back games, uh, 
in East Rutherford on Thanksgiving and Black Friday. And then we Look got Christmas Day, Chiefs Bills. Um, like I said, I think the Chiefs are regressing. Um, what do you think? I, I, I mean, excuse me, the Bills are regressing. Oh. Well, we gotta we gotta edit that out. I, can't I was gonna say like Chiefs just won the Super Bowl. I don't, yeah, yeah, yeah. I don't what? Sorry, what? That was <laughs> our what? sorry what of the week. <laughs> um, that'll be a, that'll be a recurring thing. Yeah. And then uh, uh, the international games, Germany and London. Save that, Matt, because mm. after this break, we're going to talk about international sports in general and whether or not they're even a good idea. Stick around. And we're back on the sports group. Um, Matt had teased right before we, we took this break that uh, we have some international games on the schedule. Matt, what are the, the NFL's international games for 2023? So these are the series prediction uh, the NFL international. We've got Germany, Chiefs and Bears, Patriots mm. and Saints. And then we've got London. Both in Germany. Jags. Yeah, that's Chiefs, Bears, Germany, Pats versus Saints, Germany. And then okay. we got London. What is this? Three London games? Is that the most mm. so far? We got Jags, Panthers, Bills, Raiders, and Titans, Seahawks. The Jags always play the fucking London game. Yeah, that's like their uh, their home away from home. Yeah, it got announced today that the Mets are also going to play the Phillies in London in 2024. Um, uh, and I know the NBA; they don't play regular season games. Uh, in other parts of the world, but they obviously do all their clinics in China at China. And, uh, <laughs> <laughs> uh, I think they do some stuff in, in Paris and places like that. Um, which honestly I kind of like better the conversation that the question that I want to ask you, Matt, obviously is as a fellow sports fan, should these leagues be doing these international games during the season? Uh, should they be doing it? I don't necessarily like it. Uh, I would hate it if I was a player, you know, you're losing out on home games, uh, by being overseas in some third world country that still is ruled by a king. Yeah. Germany. Well, I was thinking England. Um, (laughs) anybody watch the coronation? Just me. I slept through it. Spent $125 million on that shit. That's like an NBA contract to, you know, play dress up. (laughs) But, um, yeah, I don't know, man. It's weird. Like, I get it with the NBA and the MLB because those are much more international games, Mm -hmm. you know? So I could understand them having games overseas where there's a large market for baseball in Latin America and in Asia. And then, you know, there's a pretty big market for basketball everywhere. You know, Africa, Europe, shit, even Australia, probably. But the NFL, every year, it's more and more international games. And there's no fucking football being played anywhere else but the United States, really. There's, you know, there's the CFL, but, you know, Canada is basically a state. Um, I guess, yeah. You know, it, it's not really its own country, uh, culturally speaking, at least. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, I don't know if we have any Canadian listeners, but uh, I'll take that one to the grave. Yeah. <laughs> um, but yeah, when I, Mike, when I, uh, as I said to you, when I, I was looking at, at these international schedules and uh, all this stuff being expanded to where American teams are playing overseas, 
I couldn't help but be reminded of a line uh, from the book America, The Farewell Tour. Oh, yeah, your favorite book. <laughs> uh, by the great Chris Hedges. Okay. Uh, and, you know, it kind of sums it up pretty, pretty nicely here. The American empire is coming to an end. The nation has lost the power and respect needed to induce allies in Europe, Latin America, Asia, and Africa to do its bidding. Add the mounting destruction caused by climate change, and you have a recipe for an emerging dystopia. Mm. Overseeing this descent at the highest levels of the federal and state government is a motley collection of imbeciles, con artists, thieves, opportunists, and warmongering generals. With that being said, watch us play sports. <laughs> Uh, <laughs> well, listen, man. I mean, America in general, we've always been the great exporter of bullshit, right? 100%. Rock and roll, you Hollywood, know, Babe Ruth, uh, porn. Right. Uh, that, that's the American way. We, we send people the idea that it's going to be better here, but I don't know. I mean, other free speech is nice. That seems to be going in and out of whether or not we actually have it. But I mean, depends on the day and yeah, who you and are. who's yeah, who's in charge and whatever. But I mean, uh, I do think that there's something to the fact that like uh, overall, the idea of American sports going overseas uh, it, it's it's an interesting concept, and I think that as a preseason exhibition, I think it's awesome. I think it's great when you know, there's footage from the last dance when like Michael Jordan goes over or the dream team, the dream team's amazing, you know, but you know, that's not, it's not disruptive to the NBA season. And I think this is kind of like this, this is goes back to some of the, the arguments that were being had around the world baseball classic, which, you know, as a Mets fan, seeing Edwin Diaz, fucking yeah. tear his ACL jumping up and down on the I mean, it, it's on the almost mound. like, yeah, it, it's almost like, no, that's that's insane. Yeah. That's not going to happen. No one's going to get a season-ending injury in this exhibition bullshit. And then to see that, yeah, that's, that's crazy. Crazy, but it, it's the idea that, like, the, you know, baseball, it's good for the game of baseball to have, uh, you know, sort of an international appeal. But I always thought it was weird when they started this WBC, like for baseball specifically, that they had a team in, like, like England and Australia and Italy and Israel. You know, yeah, and the Czech these, Republic. Do it's they like, really play baseball over there like that? Well, it's like the WBC has such loose rules about who can play on these these national teams because if your mother was, it's your great fucking, great grandfather came yeah. from a country, you know, came from Macedonia. Yeah, you know, yeah. It's like Mike Piazza is the coach of Italy. Mike Piazza <laughs> grew, grew up in Pennsylvania. You know, like. Uh, yeah, he's not even a New York Italian. <laughs> yeah, right. I mean, he's it's, like it's a so funny to me. Scranton, Pennsylvania Italian. Right. So it's weird because to me, it seems the places where uh, uh, like baseball specifically could be celebrated would be places like they're doing the Mexico City series, which there are like a good fair amount of Mexican baseball players. Yeah, that makes sense. If you did some games in Puerto Rico or the Dominican or or South America or something like that, you know, but then the question becomes like, you already have those territories, those those places play soccer and baseball primarily. Um, you know, is the expansion to a place like England is the selling point like this is like cricket, but it's a little different from cricket. Here's a sport you guys already like. Uh, and we've like altered it and made it a little bit different and Americanized it. Like, is that ever going to sell to people in England? 
especially if you take a Mets team that is, you know, if, if they don't fucking make some changes for next season, they're going to be mediocre again. And same thing with the Phillies, you know, like, I don't know. I, I just don't really understand football. I get it a little more and football's experimented more with like the, you know, the NFL Europe, which failed. Um, but the only again, thing I know like, about NFL Europe is you could use those teams in Madden in 05. That's right. Yep. Yeah. That's, that's the extent of my knowledge on NFL Europe. Um, but this idea that football is an international game is crazy. That is the most oh, yeah, it's certainly American centric game where there oh, really isn't sure. like, where are these German players that are coming uh, you over would think and playing Germany, in the NFL? You, uh, yeah, they're, they're, I mean, they're, you know, Erlacher, <laughs> you know, he's not really German, but like, well, right. Yeah. Yeah. But, uh, you would think Germany, if, if there was, was a country that maybe would adopt, uh, American football, football. Yeah. Um, yes. It would the be real Germany football. because football is a very warlike game. And Germany, as we know, they're a pretty warlike people. They love it. You know, there's they love smashing things. It's a perfect mix of strategy and violence. Yeah. And, you know, the German people, those are two things they're really good at. <laughs> That's right. And it's it's weird to me, man. Like in the middle, you know, I, I've I've worked in um you know on some shows for the NFL in the podcast realm during the season this season with a couple people that like went to those Germany games, and it seems like the experience is a little more trouble than it's worth. Um, mm. I don't know. I mean, like the fans in that stadium for that one game are 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 wild because I think it's just like something. Listen, man, it's like, it's like, do you remember a couple, like a mo- couple months ago, you were like, hey, man, would you go see Metallica at Giant Stadium? Yeah. And it's like, I don't really like Metallica, but. The spectacle. Would I go? Maybe, you know, right. it's kind of cool that there's this like fucking this big arena full of people like exit night and that's what going to an nfl game is like they're playing right. metallica at an nfl game for right. sure and people in germany are going hey, what is touchdown? Hey. i don't even know but it's <laughs> yeah. cool i like it <clears throat> right so it's i mean fun I, don't, time. I don't know i mean I, I it just seems like there is like if if the if the goal is to sort of expand the game and and i, I mean listen you want to put I think the NHL has talked about this, maybe putting teams in other parts of the world that are part of the NHL uh, other than Canada. But I mean, to get to a place where you're going to, ha- could you imagine that man? Like, could you imagine if, if, if major league baseball, like obviously baseball's huge in Japan and now Japan sort of caught up to us. They have great players in Japan, guys that come over. I mean, Otani, even Senga on the Mets. Now uh, Ichiro, you have plenty of guys that have come from Japan and been unbelievable. Like, Imagine if the World Baseball Classic was actually expanded to a team in Japan that played, like, would come to town and play the Mets or play the Yankees or whatever. Like, that would be more appealing and interesting to me. That would just, I imagine, would be a nightmare for. Imagine being a college athlete getting drafted by a team that belo- that is in the major leagues or the NFL, and they're stationed in, you know, Germany. And now yeah. all of a sudden you're from Alabama and you get drafted by Germany. That would be, a, yeah, that would be, uh, I mean, talk about culture shock. Absolutely. That'd be strange. It's the only thing that makes sense though. Otherwise it's like, why is, I think it's so odd that they're just like, all right, Germany, here's the Tampa Bay Buccaneers and the San Diego chargers go nuts. Yeah. You know? it's, I mean, listen, that's, 
when you've been on top for as long as uh, this country has, you can kind of just we can't actually imperialize anymore. So it's basically just like watch our sports, motherfucker. Yeah, it's a shame, isn't it? Yeah. Once upon a good old time, days. we could just take over a country. Now all we can do is ask them nicely to watch Tom Brady. They don't know what a privilege it is. <sighs> Man. All right, let's get into the Howard Ratner no chance parlay. Did we pick gonna a be, leg for Adam or is it just the two of us? Ah, man, I didn't. It's going to be easier to hit this week, man. Last week, let me tell you, Mike, you had the over in what game the Mets was Mets Tigers game. Mets Tigers 8 and, and a half. The over hit by like what the 6th inning or something. It was it was a over it early, was like I said. Easy. Scherzer so Mike, stinks. Yep. Mike has over 8 and a half in that game. Adam had picked uh, Virna Jandiroba to beat Marina Rodriguez. The legend. She won by decision. Mm-hmm. So it all came down to me. Phil Hawes versus Ikram Aliskarov. And like I said, betting against somebody in the UFC whose last name ends with OV, never a good pick. Phil nope. Hawes was knocked out in two minutes into the first round. So wait, did we hit it? No, we got crushed because I, I, I'm very mistakenly chose Phil Hawes. So, and that's why it's the no shot parlay. Yeah, we're zero for for one. We're in the hole. Well, Matt, what do you got this week for the Howard Ratner no shot parlay? This week we're gonna get it all back and then some, baby. Because I'm picking tomorrow Yankees A's over nine and a half. At plus one hundred. Now I know what you guys are thinking. You're thinking, "Oh my God, you're 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 saying that the two of the bottom five scoring teams in the MLB, Yankees at four point oh eight runs per game, A's even worse at three point eight six per game." You're, you're telling me they're going to go over? Yes, I am, because we have shitty Johnny Brito versus even shittier Kyle Muller. Brito is two and three with a six point one eight ERA. And Muller is one and two with a six point six two ERA. If you add that up, that's over nine and a half by my calculation. Lock it in. Is this sound analysis? Absolutely not. But am I betting it? You're fucking right. And that just goes to show, Matt, you got real balls, like a real man. Absolutely. I wouldn't be in sports group any other way. That's fucking a right. All right. On my leg of the parlay, we're going to the XFL, guys. Woo! It's the championship. Arlington Renegades versus the DC Defenders. Matt, ask me who my player is on either of those teams. Mike, who are you betting? Who's your player on either of those teams? I don't know a single fucking person (laughs) in the XFL. (laughs) But I'll tell you what. The over is 48, and it's the XFL. Neither team can stop either team. Nobody stops anybody in the XFL. It's all scoring, baby. 48 points. We have to get 24 on each side at a championship game. Are you kidding? These guys will be ready to play. Both teams will be ready to play. And neither of them are very good. So I guarantee you that defensively, these rejects that couldn't make it into the NFL will not be able to stop the rejects that couldn't get get into the NFL on the offensive side of the ball. (laughs) And we are going to hit our, our over of 48 at minus 110. Lock it in. Now, Mike, I just have one question for you. Does the fact that one of the teams is called the Defenders give you any pause? 
Not at all, Matt. <laughs> In fact, I think it's just a cover up. It's like when you tell somebody you have a big cock and they go, well, he's got a small cock. Because otherwise, why would he say it? Why Except for me, when yourself, I saw it's like it's like a, a like a guy who's like oh, I'm a male feminist. Yeah, yeah, this guy this guy assaults. Yes, that's absolutely right. So right. the DC defenders, you know, I don't believe that they're actually defenders. I think they're going to get uh, destroyed. So we've got a plus one hundred on the over and a minus what is that minus one ten on the other over. Two overs this week, so that brings us to a. Plus 180, so a $100 bet, which is what we all bet every time, right? Yep. On this Howard Rattner no shot parlay. We bet yep. a minimum of $100 each week. So Otherwise, get out of the group. You, get the fuck out. That's going to net you a, a winnings of 180, 180.1. And you only have to hit two legs this week. So I recommend highly that you do this. Based off Lock of our expert in. analysis. Lock it in. All right, Matt, before we get out of here, any final parting thoughts for you? Uh, guys, I know, uh, you know, there's a, there's a lot going on in the world. It's been a fairly tragic week in uh, the United States. If you've been watching the news, all the more reason to turn that shit off and watch sports. That's right, baby. That's all I got. All right. Until next week, guys, I'm Mike Coscarelli. You can find me at Mike Coscarelli on all social platforms. Matt? At Matt Lejeski on all social platforms. And Adam's not here to plug his, so he's not going to get a plug. No plug uh, for you, please, pal. <laughs> please follow our Instagram page, that's at that sports group. Uh, and if you want to email the show, you can email us, thatsportsgroup at gmail.com. So until next week, guys, that's going to do it for us. We'll see you then. Bye.